Good morning, darling. Good morning. So this morning we're, we are at Zingerman's Roadhouse in Ann Arbor having breakfast. Yeah, you can probably uh, imagine where we're at. We're right at the corner of the restaurant where the patio blends into the indoor seating that's sort of outdoors. Yeah. And we're having a good time. Swatting flies is just like we're down on the farm. <laughs> there are a few flies this morning. I think they were attracted by the raw honey with our fresh-made biscuits. Oh, cut it out. Ah, <laughs> the food here is so good. It's one of our all-time favorite places. It is, and uh, in addition to the omelets and such fun things on their menu, we had the opportunity to see the T-shirts that the staff was wearing, and uh, they referred to New Mexico chilies, and we finally remembered and asked for some to put on our food and so they gave us a little container of chopped up green chilies roasted yumminess oh my gosh they really so have an added spice to the food and the potatoes and it's a slow burn on the eggs really yummy my tongue is burning a little bit but it feels good yeah well it's <laughs> if you could see the face that Lois made when she said it feels good it's priceless. <laughs> Why don't you tell the story about when we were in New Mexico one time and well, you met a guy who was uh, roasting? Oh, yeah. Well, it was uh, a matanza, which was, I think, Spanish for a slaughter. And basically, they butchered a pig and a beef, and then they barbecued them. And it was some local politician... We were also visited by the uh, state representative who was running for office at the federal level. Uh, we were with Tracy. Yep, and Deb Howland was her name, and she's mm -hmm. now the Interior Secretary, the first Native American yeah. to ever head the Bureau. But it was really cool because there were just hundreds of people there on this barbecue, and we had the pleasure of watching a fellow who was also a former state representative who was roasting those green peppers, the hatch peppers. It was quite the contraption. Yes, those hatch green chilies, right? The yeah. green chili peppers. Well, the, their uh, procedure is to roast them. You roast them in a pan, which I've done several times. Uh, but this fellow had a contraption that was like a big lottery uh, like a lottery uh, wheel with all the little numbers in it. But instead of the little numbers, it was big, and it had chilies in it. And so he had this thing with a flamethrower <laughs> spread across the whole barrel of this drum that was wire. And so he could see when they were starting to get roasted uniformly. And as soon as they reached that stage, he shut off the heat, he rolled it over to the trap door. I was going to say the hatch. <laughs> and he opened it up and he dumped them into garbage bags that were obviously clean. Brown but, paper bags. No, they were black plastic. like oh. They were like uh, you get at Home Depot. Okay. Because this would be, I would guess, maybe 40 pounds of hot chilies. But the purpose of that was to keep the steam in as it cooked the peppers that were roasted. They were roasted on the outside and the husks come right off. He showed me how to take the husks off. So I was 
greatly inspired, so now we can find hatched chilies periodically. We can also order them frozen, but when we find the fresh ones in the markets around town, it's fun to uh, roast them in a pan and peel them and eat them. They're just fabulous flavor. They're good on everything. And then what did you see today? What was, you saw, oh no, maybe it was on the menu here. They have a hatch green chili infused vodka. Oh yeah, that was, it was like five different things that they did to add flavor to vodka. So I thought it was kind of interesting. But that's what they put in their uh, Bloody Mary. Yeah, so good. So we just got our bill. Oh yeah. Delivered by the fellow wearing the Hatch Green Chili t-shirt. And we ate like king and queen for 45 bucks. And I'm not kidding you, the the only thing that is as impressive as their general flavorness, if that's a word, <laughs> their flavors of all the food that they serve here and the way they prepare it, is they not only have hatch green chilies today, but they also have regularly the Grandma Broadbent's sausage. And I don't know what they do to it, but that stuff is fabulous. It's super spicy, not to burn, but flavorful spicy, like it's got red peppers in it or something. They're not cayenne pepper hot. They're just red pepper flavorful, and it is so good. So, I think we should sign you up to do, like, food reviews, like restaurant reviews. I am a bit of a foodie. <clears throat> no question about it. <laughs> All right, Denbo. Well, we'll sign off on this segment, and we'll start up a little bit later. Take care. Okay, we're back, and guess what? <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> we're at the Custard Corner in Trenton, Michigan, trying out their custard. Mine is toasted coconut with chocolate sauce. And, and, what, <laughs> and what's yours? Mine is banana with a little bit of whipped cream on top, and honest to goodness, it tastes like banana cream pie. Uh, don't My you, goodness. I love Sundays. This is one of the reasons I love Sundays. We get to get our Sundays, and this is custard Sundays, so it's even better than ice cream. And it's always on a Sunday. Mm. This is so yummy. There's gonna be a lot of air time on this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much talking, if you can, here, if the speaker is really good, you might be able to hear us smacking our lips. Oh, so good. It is really something. Mm. Yeah, so this is a comeback again. Or will come back. <laughs> what is that? That's, that's the only net promoter score you need to know, right? Would you come back here again? Would you recommend to family or friends to come? Oh, yeah. That's net promoter. Yes, for sure. To family or friends. Mm-hmm. So... You know, it is really a treat. We've spent the time since we left Zingerman's where we had breakfast, driving to Gross Eel, and we had a very thorough tour of, I think, every foot of the shoreline of mm -hmm. the main island yep. and some of the smaller islands that are still connected. Mm -hmm. Really an interesting little community spread out over a lot of 
Wildlife Preserve. It's really kind of a neat place. I've read about it and heard about it my whole life and never had a chance to be there until just a few minutes ago. We left the island on the Toll Bridge. Apparently, or as they used to call it, the Troll Bridge, because you have to pay a fee. To the troll? $7 <laughs> if you use a credit card, $5 if you pay cash. But just to give some of our family and friends some perspective, Gros Seal is 34... 34 miles southeast of Ann Arbor. It took us 54 minutes to get there, so that kind of gives you an idea. And it feels like it's a lifetime away because it is very much like Island or Great Lakes living. Some of the houses were modest and some of them were spectacular. Mm-hmm. On the north side of Grosseal, you can see up the river, up the Detroit River to downtown Detroit, which is kind of cool. In the distance, far in the distance. And you can see Canada, our brethren in Canada, west of the island. Mm, this is so darn good, Dembo. I should say so damn good, because this program is not for kids. Just a reminder, because I don't know what I'm going to say. We are completely unscripted on this show. Well, speaking of uh, not for kids, there was a little element last evening when I was reading the label on a package of something that was a toy, I think, made in Canada, and our beloved little four-year-old said, Oh, Great I news. love Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because of this toy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Her favorite country. Because her, her one of her toys was made there, yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. There was a show once upon a time. Some of you who listen might have heard of this show. Art Linkladder was the host. And it was called Kids Say the Darndest Things. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure somebody's got those episodes on YouTube. Mm -hmm. But total fun to see what kids will say when the host would invite them to talk about a topic. Yummy. Well, this custard's excellent, Dunbo. I would have this again. Oh. That silence is me agreeing with you with a mouthful of the banana custard. Now we're going to head down to Elizabeth Park and we're going to take a little walkie walk along the shore. How's that sound? The shore. Is this the, the mainland? The we're on the mainland. <laughs> okay, well, we've we got enough distance to wear off this. We're going to walk on the shore of the lovely Detroit River. So we'll be back soon. Here we are back. Sunday night. Yes, always on a Sunday. We've had a few weeks off, haven't we? Yes, and it's been a good little break because we've enjoyed some other things to do on Sundays. Oh my goodness, yes. Had a lot of good times with family and friends. Well, that's the best of times. Yes. When we can be together with each other and with family and friends. Right. So I was thinking with all the kids going back to school... I was thinking, do you have any memories of your first day of school, maybe? Did you go to kindergarten? <laughs> yeah, I went to kindergarten at three different places. Really? Why is it, that? 
Well, uh, we moved to West Branch, and for the first couple of weeks in West Branch, we actually lived out at my grandparents' house, which was just barely in Ogabaugh County. And my very first day of kindergarten was in a one-room schoolhouse in Edwards Township, Ogamaw County, up by West Branch. Wow. And I remember being impressed with all the bigger kids there, and my Uncle Gary was there, too. And the thing that was really impressive to me was everybody in one room, and this was my first school experience. The bathrooms were outside. Growing you mean up. like in an outhouse? It was sort of like a really fancy outhouse because it was concrete blocks. <laughs> I was going to say, how fancy can an outhouse be? Well, it's not the wood one that my grandparents had at the farm three miles away. So <laughs> it was pretty fancy. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was a side for boys and a side for girls. and uh, but was, anyways, was it I, still a hole in the ground? I don't remember that. Okay. I just remember it was kind of cool. And the other thing that I remember about that first day of kindergarten was my amazement that when it was time for lunch, I had my sandwich and my banana that I brought from Grandma's house. And my uncle got the milk out of a hole in the floor. There was a trap door, and the milk was kept cool under the porch on the entry into the school. And so... I watched this floor open up and him pull out the carton of milk. And it was like, your choice, you could get plain milk or chocolate milk. And of course, as a kindergartner, I had to have chocolate milk. Of course, of course. But it was uh, really interesting. And then when we moved into town, uh, we had a house that we rented until my dad could build a house up there. And so he rented this house that his cousin rented to him and uh, the gist of the thing I remember about that is my mom was upset because we had to walk to kindergarten and it was more than a mile mm. but just under the limit to get a bus ride so my next door neighbor Jim and I walked to school and it was uh, almost a mile and it was down a state highway oh my god through town we started by walking past the Catholic Church, the little restaurant that was near our houses, and uh, walked down the hill into town, past the feed mill, past the potato barn, and all the various places that uh, the bank where his mother worked. It was all kinds of fun. And we walked down past the library to the building that later became the Girl Scouts headquarters. <laughs> It was down next to a creek, and I can't believe now it's still there. And I can't believe that they had all these little kindergartners in a little tiny cement block building that was right next to a creek with no fence, nothing to keep us out, but we all managed to not drown. Oh, my God. So. Well, I know you say that because of a near-drowning experience. Well, yeah, um... Jim and I used to walk to school and from school together. We used to dabble in the little water features on the way, wherever there was a gutter or if there was a manhole cover or something that you could look down into the ground or see water flowing underground. <laughs> <laughs> it 
you know, we were fascinated that because we were close to the ground, you know, little kids, <laughs> and and we were curious. Yeah. Um, one of the the uh, many adventures we had was to go. We went by the coal yard, and we had to cross the railroad tracks. You know, which sounds like why did we have to walk? <laughs> Uh, we Especially noticed, if you're five-year-olds. Yeah, well, we were always curious about finding those little nails with the numbers on them that they put in the railroad ties to say what year they put them in place. And occasionally we would find those. And, of course, the real treasure was a railroad spike. And um, Jim and I, curiously walking way off the path, found a wooden barrel full of railroad spikes that we later stole we had great plans for them, but they were hard to knit, to hammer into trees, uh, so we ended up burying them. <laughs> <laughs> were you going to hammer them into the trees so you could climb the tree? Oh, yeah. We were going to make a ladder out of them to climb up the trees and get a good view of whatever was on the other side of the trees. Yeah. So um, that first winter, one of the things that we did is we kind of went past my house, went past Jim's house, and we went down to the sledding hill because we had a fresh snow. And uh, the fun part was we slid down on our jackets, something that some kids can find if the snow conditions are just right. But when we got down to the bottom of the hill, we noticed that the creek was frozen over. Mm. And it was real pretty to see that glassy ice over the creek. So we had to go for a walk on it, and by the time we got to the middle of it, we went through the ice. Oh, my goodness. And um, one of the things that was, I guess, a lifesaver for us is we had such current that we washed up to a gravel bar that was like, I don't know, maybe 50 feet from where we went in. We went under the ice. Oh, my gosh. Devil. The current pushed us under the ice. And up on this gravel bar where the current was not letting it freeze. And, of course, we were cold. But I remember vividly looking up through the ice and how pretty it was to see these birch trees kind of covering the creek bed. And so I'm looking up through these birch trees. And it was, like, fascinating. But all of a sudden, I'm up on the gravel bar and getting out. Jim's getting out. And we walked home. It was, you know, maybe two blocks to our house, houses. And um, one of the things that Jim and I did when we would walk home from school, we'd play in these little creeks and little streams and occasionally get a wet boot. And my dad would get really angry if I got wet boots and threaten to give me a licking if I came home with wet boots one more time. And this particular night... <clears throat> I'm not kidding you. I was terrified that I was going to get in trouble because I was completely soaked. But apparently when I got home, my mom was so busy with her other four kids. This was before Jenna was born. So she was so busy with Dave and the twins and Shauna that it completely went over her head, I think, that uh, I had gone through the ice and gotten completely soaked. And my dad never noticed, my mom never noticed, and I didn't think of it again after that day until maybe 40 or more years later. And, and what made you think of it that long later? Well, I had put it out of my memory because I was 
as a five-year-old worried I was going to get a whipping for it. Um, but I didn't think of it until the day that I was having dinner with my colleagues and my boss and a psychologist that was there to help us cooperate as a team. And we were having dinner together and drinks. And over drinks, we did this thing called Histories and Mysteries. And we were supposed to tell a story that nobody, about ourselves, that nobody at the table could know about. Something that was a complete mystery to anybody at the table. And that was the tale that came to my mind. So wow. I told that tale, and everybody was speechless. Absolutely speechless. So, fortunately, our drinks came, and I forgot the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> and that would have been one or two drinks, because you're not a big drinker. No, I'm not. I think that was, in particular, just one drink. Wow. Did you? So you and Jim never even talked about it? We never talked about it again. And we, you know, we, during grade school and elementary school, up until about 7th or 8th grade... You know, we hung out together, even though I moved a couple of years later. We moved to another house before our house was built. And uh, though we were distant, we would walk cross-country to go do things together. And I'd hike cross-country to get to his house about a mile and a half. And um, he and I had fun times marching up to follow the railroad grade that was not too far away. We followed the railroad up to Ogemaw Springs which was a big hole in the ground filled with fresh water. And you could kind of lay on the ground and go right up to it and look down. And if you were brave or thirsty, you could take a drink. And <laughs> it was very fresh water. And um, then we went on a little further and we found a ski resort that somebody had built, you know, kind of behind their place. And they had a tow rope and so we discovered this ski hill that was just off the railroad grade. And we said, well, we got to wait and come back here when there's snow so we can go skiing. And we did later go up there and try to ski up there and try to ski down the hill. But they didn't have their lift running. So it was one long trip down and an extremely long trip back to the top of the hill. <laughs> Defo. These stories are unbelievable. Well. Of little Dennis. Yeah, little five-year-old Dennis. And, of course, later years, Jim and I parted. Um, like, right around ninth grade, Jim was busy, and he ended up having uh, an interest in getting his college degree. He had a lawn mowing business, which he used to buy a Rolls Royce. If you can imagine a 17-year-old kid saving up enough money from mowing lawns. He bought a riding lawnmower so he could mow more lawns, and he just invested in that. And then he put his money aside and bought a old, like a 1930s Rolls Royce. Wow. Yeah. And what did you do? You ran track? Yeah, I ran track. I ran cross-country. Well, I worked at the hardware store in Ace Hardware, McGowan's Ace Hardware in West Branch. And I also did some other side jobs like painting fences, which I think the crowd who listens to our podcast has heard that story before. <laughs> Mowed oh lawns, but I, I wasn't as smart as Jim. I hiked 
a half a mile up a big hill, a big steep hill, to use somebody's lawn mower in their yard. And I do one lawn at the top of the hill and then get exhausted and come back. <laughs> so funny, Dumbo. With three or four dollars in my pocket. Which was a lot of money, I'm sure. Basically. At that day, that would buy two model cars. Wow. You mean the kind of models that you have to put together with glue? Oh, yeah. Not snap together like a Lego. Oh, no. These were ones that you had to trim the pieces so they would fit perfectly. And sometimes I'd save up enough money I could buy paint, too, and paint them and customize them. And I learned to use modeling clay and sandpaper, and I could customize a lot of cars. I even made some cars from scratch. <laughs> that must just have been boy stuff. It was boy stuff. In fact, uh, one time I took an. I shouldn't extra say that. I should engine. be more evolved, but I don't think girls. You're not that evolved. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think girls thought of doing those kinds of things. Like I don't think girls had an interest in building model cars. I remember my brother did model cars okay. and model planes and whatever. But I don't think my older sister had an interest in that. I don't think any of the girls had an interest in doing models. Well, I think my pride and joy was I had an extra engine from some model kit, and I had extra tires and wheels, and I made a dragster. Wow. I made a top... You hear that? Yeah, what is that? I... That's the neighbor kid taking out the garbage oh, cans. Oh, okay. Well, I made a... We live really close together. Yeah, we do. We with our neighbors, like twenty less than 20 feet away from... 15 feet, maybe, yeah. right? Is it even yeah. 15 feet? We could... Probably, I mean, you we hear could touch everything. one house, I could touch the other. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. What if I mean, you like to live close to your neighbors, move to Plymouth, Michigan. Yeah. Well, I um, was telling you about this top fuel dragster that I made out of spare parts <laughs> and the bottom half of a toothbrush case. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. Snazzy. And uh, I'm not sure what this might indicate, but I painted it bright pink because... Um, a drag driver was a woman, and she had a pink roadster, and Don Garlitz was the other hot driver of the day, and Shirley went on to form her own racing company that has turned into Kalita Air. Oh, yeah. And um, so, you know, a businesswoman in her own right, in, in addition to being a top fuel dragster, and I don't know whatever happened to Don Garlitz, but he was a competitor, and they both had a great set of careers. Wow. But yeah, and I was kind of a slacker in terms of creativity. I bought kits and put them together, and I would create stuff out of spare parts. But my brother Dave went so far as to make up the parts out of cardboard that he painted and then he cut to fit whatever design he was making. And Dave was pretty creative. At one point, he even created a lion truck that was used by the phone company to install new telephone lines. And he not only made it out of cardboard and paint and trim and all these little scrap pieces, but he made the tools that went in the back of the truck 
on a cardboard. And it just was amazing. And the part that was really amazing is he gave it to my dad. And my dad loved it so much he put it in his office. Aww. Yeah, it was, pre so it was pretty cool. That's sweet, Denbo. So this is just the boy stuff that... I think you asked me about kindergarten, and we got into all this other <laughs> crazy stuff. But <laughs> Well, then me. you said you went to two kindergartens, so then where was the third kindergarten? Well, the, the third one was down uh, at the far eastern end of the high school, the middle school, and then the elementary school. And when we moved to West Branch, the elementary school was still being built on the far end of the complex and it started with the old high school which actually was the second high school the first one was across the street but i guess the first one was built in the 1870s or something like that so it was really old and the main central part of the high school was really old but it was built like in the 1900 time frame and it was bigger, of course, multiple floors, and it had a big bell tower. The principal's office was right up next to there. Um, kids talked about, in high school, talked about how that was where the hunchback of Notre Dame lived. <laughs> and um, the principal. And um, we had, then when you went past the high school, the gym was attached to the western end of the high school. And then the middle school was attached to the eastern end of it. You turned a hallway, made a left turn, and went down that hallway from sixth grade down to second grade. And at the turn, it was second and third and first and kindergarten. So at the winter mark, I got the privilege of going to my third kindergarten room i think i had the same rug through all of them but well that kind of all that change is probably one of the things that's made you so resilient right because you just go and do whatever I mean, well yeah i had pretty much the same friends from kindergarten so through, all of them were going yeah yeah so all the kids that i went to kindergarten with were part of my first second third fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth ninth tenth eleventh grades and finally moved away at the end of my 11th grade year and you had to get out of west branch to get away from all the girls that were your cousins <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that brings up another uh short story whenever i'd get sweet on a girl you know it was a small town and my mom right. and dad knew everything that i was up to almost everything and um every time i get sweet on a girl my dad would find some quiet moment and he'd say so, I hear you're sweet on, he'd pick a name. Betty Lou. And I'd say, well, yeah, I kind of like her. And he says, well, you know, she's your cousin. <laughs> and uh, there was one girl who was not my cousin. And Dad found another stopper for that one. He said, you know, she's Catholic. Oh! <laughs> and I said, Yeah. What he says, well. Well, what? I mean, well, you married a Catholic girl. I know. I, I married mean, two Catholic girls. Oh, you did? Yeah, Darlene was Catholic. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, in Catholic girls to being are adult, better. It, well, no, you, you shouldn't know, say that. You That's know not Billy nice Joel to says. say. Yeah. But um, anyways, I won't say anything insulting do, do, about do, my ex-wife. 
I could go on all day and this is... You might as well be the one. Because only the good die young. That's the song. I know. About the Catholic, Catholic girls, girls Billy are, Joel. They're yeah, fun. Much They're more super fun. fun. As I've discovered with you. <laughs> the last Catholic girl I dated was not that fun after a few years. Oh, well. What are you going to do about that? I can't do anything about it except separate myself from that experience. <laughs> oh, Dunbo, you are funny. Well, thank you. I'm glad you find me okay. Humorous. <laughs> Isn't that a bone in your leg? It is. A humorous bone. And a funny bone. There you go. All right, Denbo. Well, you crack me up as usual. It's a good way to end the night and a good way to start the week. (laughs) Yeah. I I like you cracked up. (laughs) You're silly. All right. Well, we will say goodbye until next weekend which is our anniversary that's right so we'll have lots of fun stories to tell oh i hope so okay (laughs) i love you i love you good night